and welcome to the podcast that doesn't have a name yet. And today we're going to talk about residential schools and how this cultural genocide is still a huge active counterpart of our society today. Residential schools were established in Canada in the early 1830s and lasted up till 1996. In these schools, over 300,000 indigenous children were stripped from their cultural identity and put through an exorbitant amount of pain and torture. The worst residential school to have been run is believed to be St. Anne's Indian Residential School in Fort Albany, Ontario. Many survivors from St. Anne's Indian Residential School have since come forward to recount their agonizing memories, one of them being Edmund Matatawabin, who was only seven when his dad, in reasons of societal pressure, dropped his son off at St. Anne's. As soon as his father left, a road of inevitable torture began for Edmund. He was viciously slapped across the face and smacked into a wall by a nun right after his dad left, for no reason. One of the most traumatic memories he remembers would be when he woke up one morning feeling extremely sick. He wasn't feeling well and he had thrown up in his porridge he was given for breakfast. For that, he was locked in his room for three days. And when he was finally let out on the fourth, a nun handed him the exact rotten porridge in which he had thrown up in and forced him to eat his own vomit. He had no choice than to swallow his vomit because he knew that if he didn't, he would be punished very badly. Many people probably know St. Anne's for being one of the first only residential schools that had homemade electric chairs on their premises, which they used to punish students. Edmund said that he recalls being electrocuted on that chair at the age of only seven. He remembers how he was so young and small that his feet barely touched the ground, and while he was being tortured on that chair, the nuns and priests laughed, as if watching a seven-year-old being tormented was entertaining. There are many other survivors from St. Anne's who have since come out to tell their stories of torture, rape, beatings, abuse, and more. But obviously, other schools weren't much better either. Antoinette White, who was a former student of Cooper Island School, was forced among many other young students between the ages of 6 and 11 to look at a suicide victim who hung himself, as if forcing children to stare at a blue dead corpse hanging from the ceiling was supposed to teach them something. another residential school survivor claims to have learned nothing other than how to be a prostitute in an institution run by priests and nuns. Her amongst many other girls follow the life of sex trade in residential school and exchange sexual favors for cash, meals, or anything that they needed. 
residential schools did the exact opposite of what they were supposed to do. They didn't teach these children anything that a normal student would learn in school. Instead, it put them through all the worst cruelties of mankind. With the amount of evidence and survivor stories we can access and read off the internet, their stories could be talked about for hours. The horrors and traumas that residential schools brought upon them will stay within indigenous communities and be passed on through generations. The scoop that happened in the 60s, for instance, is an example of something that happened as a direct result of the traumas of residential school. The scoop was initially a movement where many indigenous children were taken from parents who were unfit to care for them and placed in the foster care system. And though this sounds like help, the primary reason why so many parents were unable to properly care for their children was because of all the traumas they developed from their terrible childhood in residential schools. Despite the horrors of this cultural genocide, roughly only 25% of Canada actually knows this part of Canadian history, and today, Indigenous communities are still being discriminated against. Examples of that in the present would be overrepresentation of Indigenous people in the prison system, police brutality, murdered and missing Indigenous women, and many more. Despite the attempts made in reconciliation, there's still a lot that needs to be done in order to bring these people equal justice.